Nara Impala, a name that you might not know. It's the name of a transgender girl, born a boy, who took the Limpopo Department of Education to court six years ago. It was a landmark case. The department was ordered to pay Impala 60,000 rand in compensation for the trauma she had suffered at her school. The endless bullying she had endured that even her principal had encouraged because of her transgender identity. What has happened in the years since then? Is there now increased protection for transgender and gender-diverse children at their places of learning? Have any lessons been learnt by the Department of Education? In this podcast, A Tale of Two Schools, we find out about the rising number of transgender children and what, if anything, is being done to protect them. I'm Catherine Rice. His, his desire to, to be a boy was, um, it was persistent, it was, it was consistent. And since, since his transition, he's become, he's become a, much more, a much more balanced little human being. He's become a much more um, outgoing person. That's the father of an eight-year-old transgender boy who was born female. He wants to remain anonymous, so let's call him Michael. And we'll call his son Henry. Michael's son Henry was female at birth, but by the age of three, he began insisting that he was in fact a boy and not a girl. He is, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a boy through and through. He, he skateboards, he BMXs, um, he mountain bikes. He's, he's exactly the person that he was meant to be. He's living his best life now as, as the person who he, he, he was meant to be, who he wants to be. The family allowed Henry to choose his own name and they sought professional help when he was only four years old. They were advised to allow their child to socially transition, which means he could use male pronouns, dress as a boy, and adopt a male name. So when he enrolled for grade one at Beaumont Primary School in Somerset West, in the Western Cape, it was as a boy. Because he's so young, a lot of the situations were, were precedent-setting. Schools hadn't experienced them before, especially at pre-primary level, play school level. And a lot of his behavior was, was dismissed as, uh, as tomboyish. But our experience in you know, the formal education system in South Africa, there's been, yeah, there's been a lot of opposition. Henry is not the only transgender child at his school. There is another transgender boy who was born a girl. At schools across the country, children are expressing their gender diversity, which is a growing phenomenon. Ron Adenal, a clinical social worker and UCT academic who runs sensitivity workshops at schools, explains why that is. So what we are experiencing presently is because there is much more knowledge and information that is accessible, the consequence of that is that younger people are able to access information that um, speaks to what they're feeling and experiencing. 
and are thus able to come out and disclose their experience. He is emphatic that we are not seeing increases because it is simply a fad. With regards to a fear that this is a contagion, you know, that, you know, this is the, this is the in thing among adolescents at the moment. And um, if one, you know, adolescent comes out, then, you know, suddenly all the other, you know, um, adolescents are going to want to follow suit. What I need parents to understand is that that is part of the fear-mongering narrative that exists and is created by a particular unfortunate, you know, conservative lobby group that are using trans and gender diverse children, unfortunately, as their boogeyman to basically drive people's focus. So the next part is after I've dealt with parents accessing knowledge and information is to then present the science that there is no scientific evidence of a contagion. One person coming out as trans is not an infection. In South Africa, The Department of Education is currently working on guidelines for schools to create safe learning spaces for gender-diverse and transgender children. But they've been months in the making and are likely only going to be released much later this year. In the meantime, it's being left to school governing bodies at each school to formulate their own policies. And essentially, because there is not yet the formalized national guidelines, you basically have every school management team and, um, you know, SGB reinventing a wheel, but reinventing a wheel based on whatever their particular value system, belief systems are, views are. At Henry's school, his family faces daily battles to fight for his rights, even as an eight-year-old. The issue we're grappling with at the moment is the, is the swimming uniform. We've been told by the school in, in no uncertain terms that, uh, that he has to wear a swimming top. A swimming top is optional for all the other boys, but it's compulsory, it's mandatory for, uh, for the gender-diverse kids. Even though they, they, they resemble boys, even though there's nothing to conceal, the reasons that they've given is that it could cause uh, social discomfort or it could be in conflict with, uh, with the beliefs of other children. In desperation, Henry's father, Michael, turned to the Western Cape Department of Education. We have already engaged the the Western Cape Education Department with a formal complaint, but we haven't had any contact since the beginning of of October last year. So there's no urgency on the part of the the provincial government to to assist, to support, to to intervene. Where we are getting support is from the Commission for Gender Equality. We've lodged two separate complaints there. The two transgender boys at the school have also been instructed to use the unisex toilets rather than the boys' toilets. They haven't been given a choice. Our kids are not comfortable using the unisex toilet because of its location and because it's only been utilised by teachers at the moment, and they're far more comfortable using the boys' toilet. The school's headmaster declined to be interviewed for this podcast, but in a statement said the right to quality education in a safe and inclusive environment had been paramount in accommodating transgender learners. The statement also said the application by Henry's parents for him to wear a swimming costume without a vest top was unsuccessful because the school had a duty to act in the collective interest of all children at the school. The Department of Basic Education's Liko Bortemann acknowledges that the guidelines need to be released urgently. 
The reason why we're putting out guidelines is because we realize that the, the approach is uneven across the country and we need to level the ground for children so that we protect the rights of children. And so once the guidelines are out, Catherine, and if a school governing body that is conservative acts against the rights of the child, then if there is any litigation of whatever kind, whilst as a sector we have provided the guidance to schools in terms of what they should do should they come across these cases, if they act outside of the guide, then that school is going to be on its own. Right now, the guidelines are still in draft form. We are now on the last leg of our consultations on the, on the guidelines. We, we had developed the guidelines together with a network of partners or organizations that work in the space of diverse uh, sexual and gender identities. And they've done an incredible amount of work in putting together uh, that draft guidelines. Even the South African Principals Association, which is the association of school principals, both public and private schools or independent schools. In fact, those ones are even more impatient with us than anyone else. They're saying that up until now, you still have not released these guidelines. And we asked you to release these guidelines as soon as possible because children cannot wait any longer. But there's one principal in Cape Town who didn't need guidelines to create an inclusive school that caters to both gender-diverse and transgender children. Anne Morton is a petite woman with a loud laugh. She's wearing slippers, well, because it's raining when we arrive at Pinelands North Primary School, and she doesn't like her feet to be cold. Not a hint of pretension, and down to earth. She radiates empathy. Children in her school don't fall silent when she walks the corridors, even though she is the principal. She has two transgender children at her school, and her management policy is complete inclusivity. I just wish principals would understand how much value there is in difference, and including gender difference, because they bring a completely different dynamic. We are teaching children for the future. They're going to be future adults. If you don't, in primary school, come across gender difference, then what the hell are you going to be like when you're older? And the children that we meet at her school are clearly confident and happy, like Toby, who is not transgender, but who does have ADHD. I'm 12 years old, I'm turning 13 soon, and I'd say as an ADHD child, this is the best place to be because I am so loved and supported. They are just so good at incorporating different and new ways into helping people. Kids, if they come here and they are accepted here, they will grow up with positive mindsets and they will be a future for the next generation. Your childhood is what shapes you. Schools like this shape children to be kind, caring and accepting for people to feel who they really are. Anne's philosophy is that diversity is all around us and tolerance of others is crucial. And for the most part, she says children are accepting but that opposition usually comes from the older generations. Sadly, it's the families that create that. If children were left on their own, they would just get on and live their lives. We find very few children actually saying hurtful things. The world is full of difference. And how can you keep your child from experiencing that difference? 
when there's a world around them. We've had parents who have left the school because they religiously don't believe that children should be given this option or that God creates people to remain the same. To confirm this, Michael says his son Henry has been embraced by his peers, but opposition comes from the adults who are on the governing body of the school in Somerset West, as well as some parents. Every, every experience my child has had with fellow pupils has been one of acceptance. The real resistance has come from the adults and the school administration. Ron Adenal, a clinical social worker you heard from earlier in this podcast, says it comes down to legislation and the rights of the child. The legislation and the constitution clearly says you have to act in the best interest of the child and that a trans and gender diverse child in the school has equal rights as any other learner to a safe, inclusive school environment where they're able to access their rights to education. For Nare Impela, the transgender woman from Limpopo, it took a landmark court case against the education department to highlight the trauma that transgender learners can experience at school after they have changed their gender identity. At the time, it was hailed as a victory for trans rights in South Africa. Nare went on to become a transgender activist. But three years after that judgment, she was murdered in what was believed to be a hate crime. Her body was found with multiple stab wounds and was already in a state of decomposition when discovered. Nobody has been arrested for the murder. And since then, Nare's name has faded from the headlines. But children like Henry are continuing her fight. I think he's not aware of the trailblazing that he's doing. It's only the second transgender child that's ever attended the school. And even though he's not aware of his trailblazing efforts, him and his fellow transgender friend at the school are two of the bravest people I know. They go about their business and they ignore any bits of bigotry, discrimination, prejudice. You know, they are exactly who they were meant to be. This podcast was produced and written by me, Catherine Rice, editing and field recording by Greg Cockaveos.